Speak now or forever hold your peace. I object! I object! <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Or welcome back. Yeah. Welcome or welcome back. This is episode 10 of Gilmore Girls. We're going to be talking about season four. First seven episodes. Sorry, producer Yoda's going to lose his uh, access to the studio privileges today. Oh, yes. That's your second strike. No longer wants to be a silent partner. No, he's uh, hungry for fame and he thinks this is how he's going to get it. Because I let his Instagram account die out like two years ago, so. <laughs> I lost total faith in mother. It's still there, Yoda.bean, if you want to follow his cute face, but there's been nothing recent. He's not dead, I'm just lazy. <laughs> I've let my dog's Instagram go too, so. It's hard, I mean. I need to be smart and schedule things to just auto post of them, mm-hmm. but I can't be bothered. I consider that. I've even considered that for the bitch watch accounts, but I consider that the beginning of summer and here we are, we're almost at the end of the year and I still haven't set anything up on a schedule. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the listener has found us again today, bravo on you because that was not my effort. <laughs> so in real life, it's been just after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to talk a little bit about what we did. I went out to Tanner's mom's and hung out and we watched movies and we played a lot of Nintendo Switch, a lot of Mario Party, ate a lot of food. Fun. It's a really good time. I had an almond milk chocolate pie, gluten-free chocolate pie. It was bomb. Almond milk mac and cheese, bomb. I would like to point out that you and I both, without contacting the other, both stress dyed our hair the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You sent yes. you sent me a video on Marco Polo like I think I'm gonna dye my hair today and I sent back as dye is already in my hair I'm like no we're on the same wavelength we've coordinated today yeah. I had been thinking for a couple weeks that my hair was looking a little faded and Brian was like no like this color still looks fine like, the color looked fine it just uh-huh. was no longer my desired shade gotcha so I went back down to my emerald shade that I like a lot but my Thanksgiving and you you said you colored your hair because you took family photos right like christmas card photos i i did mine just out of vanity but um Mm. (laughs) i wouldn't say mine's necessity i guess that's still vanity Eh. if you think about it but you were preparing for pictures that are going to be out as Mm -hmm. christmas cards you wanted to make sure you looked your best so i mean yes Uh it's vanity but it served a purpose but yeah my thanksgiving was really quiet brian and i went over to his dad's stepmom's house and we ate too much food and yeah proceeded to come back home where i took a three-hour nap because i was so full nice i didn't take a nap all weekend wow i know i only took a nap on the way home that was because i was feeling really sick but that was a medicated nap yeah but yeah since brian and i have been together we've been together almost five years just shy of five years and Mm -hmm. those have always not that i don't enjoy spending christmas or thanksgiving with his children Mm -hmm. but there's just something extra magic about having a long weekend, quiet weekend mm-hmm. at home together. I think it even lines up that this year we'll be spending Christmas weekend just quietly at home. Nice. I just like long weekends where it's nice and quiet and we don't have anywhere to go or anything to do, which because of the panorama that's just been our lives for two years, but something yeah. about getting the dedicated time off of work to just rest. And we played Farming Simulator for six hours yesterday, so. Hell yeah. 
at first I was opposed. I was like, I'd really just prefer to play Stardew Valley. And I would still prefer to play Stardew Valley, but mm-hmm. we played Farming Simulator 19 for just under six hours. And, you know, by the end of it, it was pretty fun, so. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of fun with those, especially when you figure out how to flip tractors off the roof. That's pretty fun. I uh, had to conquer. I have fears of, like, driving off of cliffs, like, in real life. Uh-huh. I'm convinced I will die in a car accident. I'm a hundred percent certain that's how I go out. Wow. That or this ovary inside of me actually explodes. One yeah, or the two. I'd say that I think that's more likely, honestly. <laughs> Start placing bets now, boys. But there was a moment where I was trying to shortcut back to our farm after a delivery. Brian goes, You can off road it, it's fine. It's a tractor after all. And I'm like, Okay. And so I, I go over and it's and I like pull over to this cliff and it's almost a steep 90 degree angle down and he's like it's fine you can go down and i'm like oh. and i i did it with closed eyes because i and after i got to the bottom of the hill safely fine it's a video game my stomach had actually physically clenched that's amazing okay because it is such a legitimate fear of mine to go over a cliff huh so yeah it was it was a lot <laughs> hey just glad there wasn't a kayak in that game that's all i'm gonna say And to segue from one holiday to another, um, we wanted to give you guys a sneaky sneak preview, although we did mention this in our Instagram live, I don't know, from when this comes out, maybe it was a month ago, six weeks ago, who knows? Who knows? We have decided to give you guys the gift of more of us for a whole week, the week of Christmas, from December 20th to the 24th. Every single day, there will be a short, let's say mini-sode of us watching and discussing a different Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Some were not as good as others. Uh, And (laughs) stay tuned. One of the movies that week, we have some controversial hot takes over a very classically beloved Christmas movie. It's true. It is very true. Now, I know you guys are probably super stoked to hear us five days in a row. Please contain your excitement. No (laughs) riots in the streets, please. So we are calling that week five golden zings. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Credit to the person who thought of that. You know who you are. I'm not inflating anybody's ego anymore. Good shout. (laughs) But we have a special appearance by Santa every day that week. We have a special episode on Christmas Eve with a very special Christmas guest in the podcast atmosphere. So Five Golden Zings does not interrupt our con- or our current upload schedule. Dexter will still be dropping on Monday. Gilmore Girls will still be dropping on Thursday. So on the 20th and the 23rd, you get to hear a bunch of us. So you're welcome. You're so welcome. I know. Ecstatic. Like Sly said, no riots in the streets, please. We don't condone violence. Uh, Gilmore Girls, like you said, season four, episodes one through seven. Episode one, Ballrooms <clears throat> and Biscotti. Wow. So as we mentioned a few episodes ago, Gilmore Girls loves to follow, actually the beginning of season three, Gilmore Girls loves to follow, we disappear for the summer. That's their formula. So they come back at the end of the summer because that's when the show is actually airing on television, which makes sense. As much as I would have loved to see Lorelai and Rory backpacking through Europe, we see as they are coming back home. And there's a bunch of things that have happened since the Gilmores and we have been gone. Uh, Taylor and Luke are fighting over this new soda shop that's been in. Taylor's getting ready to officially launch it, even though we saw he had a soft opening the day of Fran's funeral months ago. I think someone got a little confused and it wasn't me. Suki is very, very pregnant. I have to say my husband hates that phrase. He's like, you're either pregnant or you're not. And I'm like, no, no, no. There is definitely a very pregnant. See, I just hate everything to do with being pregnant. (laughs) I hate the whole concept of someone being pregnant. (laughs) That's just my personal opinion. To me, it just feels unnatural, even though it's like literally the most natural thing. But I don't know. I guess the thought of some 
other being growing inside you just wigs me out. So I'm okay with being very pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's not my qualm with it. It's just overall. Yeah, I mentioned, I was like, yeah, Baba Ba is very pregnant. They were like really pregnant or I'll say they're half pregnant to indicate that they're halfway through their pregnancy. And Brian says, Mm -hmm. no, 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 you're pregnant or you're not. He hates that (laughs) quantification. Okay, boomer. (laughs) His sister corrected him. She goes, the moment I can't put my shoes on anymore by myself, I'm very pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> a very pregnant Sugi is updating Lorelai on the latest baby news. She knows the sex of the baby, but Jackson does not want to know the sex of the baby. And Jackson desperately wants Lorelai and Rory to take, quote, his side of him not needing to know and also not finding out themselves. Rory decides to take Jackson's side. And so he gives her a big pen that says, I don't need to know the sex of my baby or something. But Lorelai, of course, wants to know what her best friend is having. So Suki drags her out to the backyard and opens the shed that she's got under lock and key and reveals everything blue. So Suki and Jackson's first child will be a boy that they name Davy. Very cute. Which uh, (laughs) in the case of Suki, I'm very relieved that they're having a boy because Jackson told her that if they were having a boy, it would be named Davy. And if they were having a girl, it would be named Colgate. Yes, Colgate. I would veto that so fast. So fast. So fast. Uh, Jackson could suck lemons because that's not happening. As Rory is walking the town, she sees that Taylor has donned her the stars hollow the stars hollow ice cream queen (laughs) and that she will be at the grand opening for the soda shop but of course Taylor hasn't asked her about it and Uh -uh. and even when she turns him down because she finds out that she has written down the wrong date for freshman orientation she thought she had let's say nine days when she only has two days to get ready to pack up all her shit and go it sends Lorelai and Rory in a big frenzy of them ending up splitting up to go get different things Taylor just creates this air of animosity towards Rory that Rory didn't want to be the star's hollow ice cream queen because she's Yale bound now and She's too good and too busy to be involved with Stars Hollow events. And Rory finally lays it out in front of everybody during this grand opening ceremony. The reason she isn't the queen is because Taylor never asked her and she physically literally did not have time. That she has dedicated most of her life in being involved in Stars Hollow events and she will still do so. She just could not do this one. There is a moment where they're looking through and I guess towards the beginning of the episode as they're drinking in everything that they've missed while they were gone in Europe and they're handing out presents to everyone. Lorelai realizes she forgot Luke, which how do you forget that man? I would have bought that man too many presents where it would have been been embarrassing. They look into the they look into the soda shop where Taylor has installed a window that lets him see directly into Luke's. See, this is still going with our theory that Yep. Dosi is in love with Luke. Gotta keep an eye on him. My only note for this episode is of course Taylor put in a window to see into Luke's. Why wouldn't he just be sneaky about it and like make an office with a one-way mirror or something? Yeah, he put a window. There's no reason for him to have a window there. I mean, give me one logical reason of why he puts a window into another business. So he can look at the um, owner of the business. Yes, that's it. That that's like, that's it. That's all there is. Taylor, I think the reason Taylor is really getting on my nerves in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's just so contrived. Yep. Like, what are you doing? But it's just so contrived. Like, I know it stars hollow, but bro, literally, it isn't that deep. There's like a little girl crying with an ice cream cone. Yeah. He's putting a window into another business. This man needs to be blocked up. Yeah, he's- We're talking about Kirk being kooky? No. Taylor's an actual psychopath. <laughs> 
Yeah. So the big whammy of this episode, like I said, Lorelai and Roy are scrambling around to get everything ready for Yale, which involves Lorelai missing Friday night dinner because she has to get the last of the things before Rory goes to Yale Saturday. God forbid. God forbid. But I think this is Lorelai's downfall. Okay. She tells Emily she's not coming to dinner, or I think Rory, when Rory shows up alone, she says, oh, she's running errands. Yeah. If they had been honest about, oh, we thought orientation was next Saturday, not tomorrow so Mm -hmm. mom's having to run around and get things or i'm having to run around and get things i don't think emily would have pulled this whole thing that she does so then that's rory's fault for not telling emily yeah but lorelei doesn't fess up to it either even when she shows up probably because she would get a a spiel about how she should have been prepared and she should have double checked yeah but you know Lorelai would have caught him for it. So yeah, Lorelai has to miss Friday night dinner and this upsets Emily. This just sets her off. So she retaliates because she's a Gilmore, damn it. And she turns dinner into a four hour extravaganza. She insists that Europeans have a cheese and something else plate between the first course and the second course before dessert can come. For the dessert course, she's had a souffle planned, but instead of putting it in at the beginning of the night, she tells the maid to put it in about the time that they would actually be waiting for dessert, which a souffle, of course, takes a very long time to bake and rise properly. The whole plan was for Rory to show up, eat dinner quickly, and get out. She still had plans with Laura Life before she shipped off. They were going to watch parts of The Godfather together. But Emily realizes that Rory's shoving food down her mouth and <laughs> quickly, she kind of catches on to what's going on and asks Rory if she's ever watched ballroom dancing competitions. Rory says no. And Emily says, well, I have videos. I have them all taped on VHSs from insert year here. And we should watch them all. We should watch as many as you can. So she drags her into the den and makes her watch video after video after video before Rory, I assume, tiptoes to the bathroom, calls for help. So Lorelai has to show up, creates this big screaming match between Lorelai and Emily because obviously Rory called Lorelai for help. Lorelai says, Rory's too polite to tell you she needs to leave. We only had so much time together, I had to do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it is what it is. We see that by the end of the night, Emily has fallen asleep on the seat that she's sitting on, but Lorelai and Rory are still watching dance videos. Ballroom dance videos? Yeah. While Suki and Lorelai are visiting earlier in the episode, she reveals to Lorelai that Luke has been acting strange since he came back from that cruise. That we mentioned in, I guess, last episode, that he was going to be going on a cruise with Nicole, but since he's come back, he's acted strange. Lorelai, throughout the episode, is trying to crack that shell and get the truth out of him, and he finally reveals that not only did he propose to Nicole on this cruise, they got married, they realized what a mistake it was, and so they are already filing for an annulment. Now, literally, the last season left us with the vision that Luke had, or dream Luke had, of Lorelai saying, Don't propose. What does that dummy do? He goes off and marries her. Gas pedal. Gas pedal. Gas pedal. Oh. And he reveals to Lorelai that uh, all of the entertainment portions of the night were all the same guy every night because other people canceled of him playing music and water glasses. And so they were just kind of going stir crazy and he wants those three hours of his life back. That's what pushed them to just go ahead and get married. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Piss poor excuse, but... And also, Lorelai ended up buying Luke jam from Stars Hollow. She didn't even buy it. She took it from Suki and Jackson's... Oh, that's right! Because Jackson made it. She took it from their stores. 
And he sees right through it. And she spins this whole tale about how an orphan made it. Uh-huh, in France. <laughs> and she only makes three jars a year. <laughs> but he sees right through. He's like, you got to hear it, didn't you? And she's like, yeah, I forgot. But it was because I couldn't find you the perfect thing. And mm-hmm. like I said, I would have bought that man so many things. It would have been embarrassing. True. Episode two, The Lorelei's First Day at Yale. I like this episode. I love this episode so much. So cute. Now let's see if Sly can remember the order of events because she was painting her kitchen while this was playing. As we mentioned, all of a sudden, before they expected it, it's Rory's first day at Yale. And they're trying to move her in for orientation. Lorelai enlists Luke's help to get a truck to help move all her shit in. He's not super happy about it, but it takes all day for him. And he has to, it's just a mess. He has to run back and forth. He ends up having to haul off a mattress. That's a whole mess. He's more than happy to help Lorelai and especially Rory. Lorelai ends up not knowing how to drive a stick. She about rips out his transmission trying to do anything and she can only figure out how to drive it in reverse. Talking about grind it till you find it. (laughs) (laughs) And then she loses his spare tire. Then at the very end of the day, like I said, she saddles him with a old mattress that was in the dorm when Rory got there. Of course, Rory's not going to want to sleep on an old gross Yale mattress like Probably a million other people have slept on that with bed bugs, sweat, night sweats, and late night party barfs. She ended up getting Rory her own mattress. Thank God. I slept on a dorm mattress. You're braver than me. I cannot do that. Well. That's disgusting. To my own credit, I slept on a dorm mattress for approximately, probably two, at most two months. Okay. I So I lived with my first roommate freshman year. Mm-hmm. For 26 days. And then I moved across the hall to the roommate that was even crazier than the first. Yeah, second one, bad shit. So when I moved across the hall with her, we decided we wanted more room in our dorm. RRA mm-hmm. had a friend who was selling a f- uh, twin over full bunk bed frame mm-hmm. for like 15 bucks. Hell yeah. So I swoop in and I buy this thing. Uh-huh. Crazy roommate who will remain nameless. Puts her twin mattress, because that's what the dorms have, puts her twin mattress on the top. Mm -hmm. I go home and get my full-size mattress. Put it on the bottom of this bunk bed. So I had my actual personal bed from home. Nice. Very nice. And the reason I got to have the big bed down below is because my roommate, the crazy one, lived 30 minutes away. So she usually went home on weekends. Gotcha. And then I only lived with her for a few more months and then I got a private dorm room to myself and brought my bed and my bed frame that I paid $15 for. Pretty sweet arrangement. (laughs) Speaking of crazy roommate arrangements, Rory finds out that her roommates are one, a neurotic 15-year-old prodigy who made it in. She has absolutely no social skills. Nope. Zero. Zero. Nothing. So awkward. Find a negative number, actually. Not even zero. It's... We have a, like, on an athletic scholarship chick moves in. And then we have... Miss Crazy herself. Miss Queen of Crazy. Cracked out Paris Geller. (laughs) Followed Rory's ass all the way from Chilton to Yale, baby. And the whole time she's with her life coach. So that should be your first red flag. When your college roommate shows up with her life coach. um, She demands that she has to have a art corner. In, other, in order to keep her sane because that's her outlet there's a moment where during the orientation a bunch of the freshmen are in line for their student id photos 
Mm-hmm. Of course, because this is Gilmore Girls and they like to have a comical, you know, undertow. Rory is sneezing during her picture or she looks the wrong <laughs> way. So she's not even in frame. She looks silly. The important note that I actually want to make here, besides the fact, haha, she had a bad ID photo, is this courtyard where they are in line to take these photos is the courtyard where she will meet Logan in a year. Oh, yes. The classic courtyard. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, the classic courtyard that everyone talks about when they reference Gilmore Girls. That I talk courtyard. about it. I knew, I saw it and I went, <gasps> this is the courtyard. <laughs> Flashback to Luke. Mm. He's getting bombarded by Nicole, his now wife. He's trying to get an old from her partners. Because remember, she's a lawyer. So her <sighs> partners are showing up. They're trying to get him to like sign all these things. He doesn't care. He doesn't want anything from her. He just wants to be done with it all. Yeah. And while all this is going down, Lorelai ends up getting a call from Rory later that night from Yale saying that she needs her to come get her. It's an emergency. She can't function, basically. And Lorelai comes. She ends up having a party. They make a list of the best takeout delivery. They rank it differently from fastest delivery, quality of food, and cuteness of delivery guy. Smart. Very smart. I wish I'd have thought of that. Right? Right? But also, what's the point of the delivery guy? Like, are you going to hook up with a delivery guy? Like, Maybe. Do you just need someone cute to look at? I think she's trying to find ways for Rory to meet boys. Yeah, I guess. Because Rory's really bad at meeting boys. We'll find that out later. Oof. Um, Oof. <laughs> but the whole dorm loves her. Yeah. They're having a grand old time. It's like a classic sleepover situation. Lorelai's the coolest girl ever. Mm-hmm. And everyone loves her because, of course, they do. It's Lorelai Gilmore. Ding, ding. They decide to put all the food in the fridge. They'll be able to eat on it all week. It'll be a great time. And then the next morning, a bunch of dorm mates arrive with breakfast saying that they've Lorelai'd a few places around campus. Being uh, Lorelai'd is like slang for things that she's taught the girls there in the dorm. Yeah, scoping out food. Which is funny because Lorelai never even went to college, so but she's killing the game. And I guess this just shows the differences in dynamics. But I thought it was interesting that Rory had that complete meltdown of how she shouldn't have, quote, needed her mommy to come rescue her at college. Mm-hmm. She didn't seem to mind at all that the other girls had donned this phrase, Lorelai'd. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem... At this point, like, she minds almost still being overshadowed by Lorelai. Yeah. Episode three, The Hobbit, The Sofa, and Digger Styles. I have to say, I don't see us putting Digger or Jason Styles on our ranking. Yeah, he seems irrelevant. He's, well, he's pretty involved this season, and he shows up a little bit later. So, I tell you what. If you are listening to this on Spotify, I will put a poll that you can answer on Spotify. Um, you'll have this episode and the next episode to tell us, and I'll put a Twitter poll, if we should put Jason on our ranking board. Um, I can go ahead and just say he's one of my least favorite characters. I can't stand that character mm-hmm. so much. Everything that he does, can't stand him. Yeah. But he is, I guess, technically pretty important, but... I forgot about him completely until we watched this, so... Yeah, he's also in a year in the life for a split moment. I think I maybe remember that, but... So I'm gonna go ahead and also pull the curtain back here. The next four episodes of this season are straight-up filler, right? The next four episodes of this stint are straight-up filler. Absolutely. Not a lot happens. To help meet expenses of opening the inn, the Dragonfly Inn, because Lorelai and Suki are finding out very, very quickly that it's going to be more expensive than they initially thought. Nothing is ever as cheap as you think. 
Take it from <laughs> me, who bought a house a year ago. But Lorelai and Suki have decided to become caterers on the side just to help bring in some income while construction is happening on the end. Their first assignment is going to be a Lord of the Rings theme party for an eight-year-old. Now, of course, Suki thought of the catering business on her own because it makes sense that she would be oh, yeah. would be a caterer, no big deal. But she ropes Lorelai in to be the party planner without consulting her really until she's already accepted the first assignment. Lorelai really drags her feet, doesn't want to go through with it, but here we are, she's doing it. Throughout the episode, she's helping Suki taste things as she as Suki is planning her menu. Of course, everything tastes good, but she's really urging Suki to come up with child-friendly dishes. Suki just keeps brushing it off of, yeah, this is for children, this is for children, you know, no big deal. So they get to the party and Lorelai has absolutely crushed it with costumes. Different children are loving putting on different different cloaks and things. There's also a fun little bit where, where Lane runs over to the Gilmore house with a few things from Mrs. Kim's antique shop that they can borrow for the party. Lorelai asks Lane if everything's okay and Lane says that she got into trouble at, uh, I'm going to say church college because she wore a bracelet. <gasps> <laughs> yeah and that they were having a not a disciplinary meeting but they were having a special prayer circle for her and a couple other people who wore nail polish uh so we're still following that really uh kind of sad uh plot line of lane and really strong religious i don't know why she would let her mom ruin her life like this still like that's what i don't understand well, at the point of college though you have your own life like not if your mom's paying for your college get alone at that point it's not worth it yeah i've said a million times like if your parents are sacrificing your happiness just because they're paying for college yeah. it's not worth it mm -hmm. get alone get a job yep it, it'll suck but it's better than ruining your life uh we also see that lane doesn't stay here very much longer so it's fine not yeah. distant yeah. but very soon i'm just saying like i just don't know why she didn't do it earlier i guess the whole drinking thing but really though that's not the worst thing she could have done as a teenager so yeah Dave's out. Dave's gone. Yeah, Dave went to college in California is how they wrote that out. Big sad. Love Dave. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, Laura like crushed it with her end of the party. Suki shows up with all these things. Uh, different dishes. Dishes or something. Like something a child would never eat. And she's got a special big salmon with the salmon like on the table. It isn't even disguised one of the trays she brings out has the little burners underneath with so obviously an open flame isn't good for eight-year-old children running around lorelei keeps having to run interference and you know asks where the corn dogs are where the popcorn balls and this is this and suki goes oh you were serious about all that and a little child walks into the kitchen wanting something and suki basically doesn't understand why this kid is crying uh-huh this kid comes in, tastes the carrot, because she says that she's hungry, she wants a snack. And so Suki offers her a carrot. This kid tries it, says it tastes like a diaper. <laughs> and then later she comes into the kitchen wanting a juice. And like I said, starts crying. Lorelai gives her a juice and sends her on her way. That little girl is baby Victoria Justice. <gasps> no! Yeah. Aww. So Suki ends up having an emotional breakdown about how she's not ready to be a mother, which I think is very classic. I'm glad they wrote it, the storyline in um, uh -huh. because I think it's important to show that motherhood doesn't come naturally to everybody. Yeah. And we know from watching the show, once those kids come, Suki's a great mother, but she has oh, that yeah. freak out for a moment of, I don't even know if I like children, which shame. Um, <laughs> I don't even don't know. If, I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to relate to them. I don't know why they cry. You know, I don't know how to you know interact with them. Laura like calms her down and says that she knows she's going to be great because she was great with Rory when Rory was going 
was growing up and just really calms her down. Like, girl, Suki, kids aren't a gourmet. Literally, you could probably shove a hot dog on a stick, roll it in some dirt, and give it to them. They'd be ecstatic. <laughs> I would like to point out at 28 years old, yesterday, I uh, warmed up leftover macaroni and cheese, sauteed, I guess sauteed, threw two hot dogs in a pan with some butter, chopped those hot dogs up and threw them in my macaroni. So Disgusting. It was that is delicious. Atrocious. Delicious. Oh my god. You could not get me to eat macaroni and cheese with like hot dogs in it mm. when I was a kid to save your life. Love it. And I still commonly will make a pot of macaroni and cheese and throw in a can of chili in it. Ugh. That's my favorite. Mm. Atrocious. Perfect. God, I bet you like Vienna sausages too. Uh, specific brands, yes. The broth tastes different in different brands. That is true. When I was little, I liked Vienna sausages. Now, they disgust me. Disgust. I, I could not tell you the last time I had a Vienna sausage. I can tell you the last time Tanner had one. Fucking last night. <laughs> Disgusting ass. <laughs> Fucking last night. <laughs> Because I told him he had to eat it in the kitchen and then brush his teeth afterwards and wash his hands. That's so funny. There's a cute moment where Lorelai shows up at Yale. I don't know why. She just shows up at Yale. I guess because it's 30 minutes away. And she's accompanying Rory out of the dorm outside to go somewhere. And she starts (laughs) sniffing around. And (laughs) Rory goes, what are you doing? And Lori goes, my mother has been here. And of course, Rory calls her insane. She's like, no, she hasn't been here. You know, what are you on about? And she's like, no, 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 no. And she like starts listing like bitter, like bitter mint. It smells like Chanel number five and guilt. Guilt, that's it. <laughs> and she just keeps sniffing the air. Before Lorelai shuts the door, she does pop her head in one more time and just kind of takes a little, little sniff and looks disgusted. It's amazing. So there is a point later in the episode where Rory returns from class and the common room within this dorm, their living room, has been completely redecorated. It's a brand new couch. There's now an entertainment center with a TV, surround sound, a stereo system, I think even a turntable. Just Emily has gone above and beyond. Rory's kind of taking this all in when Emily calls her and says, you know, I was waiting for you to call me to thank me, but uh, my life is shorter than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh, like oh it? God. And Rory, like I said, is stunned that any of this has happened, especially, and she's, you know, she asks how this is possible. And Emily says, well, I let myself in. Uh, I think she paid somebody to let her in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, great. Awesome. Love that. Paid someone to let her in and she took measurements. So Lorelai was right. She did smell her mother had been in the room. And Emily took it upon herself to deck this dorm room out with all of this new stuff because she wanted mm-hmm. Rory to learn that you can assert dominance this way with things. with things and with money and now she's the one that owns all this stuff and it's it's crappy I hate it. The great life lesson that Rory is going to carry with her for years to come. Well she brings it up in a few more episodes. We'll come back. Um, and of course the last plot point in this episode being the Hobbit the Sofa and Digger Styles. So Digger or Jason Styles is Richard's old boss's son. We find out in this episode that Richard was being pushed out of the company because Jason was getting ready to take over his position. He was yeah. working his way up in the company. He didn't necessarily want to take over Richard's position, but that's just kind of how it worked out. That's what his dad had yeah, planned. Yeah, his dad figured all that. We find out from Emily that he's been calling and calling and calling. Richard wants nothing to do with him because he thinks he's just calling to gloat. Uh-huh. So Emily, when she finally gets a call from from Digger, I'm just going to say Jason. When she gets a call from Jason, she invites him over so he could come talk to Richard face to face. Richard doesn't like this, but 
<laughs> so the next day when Jason comes, he lays it out on the table. He doesn't want to end up like his father. He doesn't want to take over his father's business. In fact, he wants to use Richard and Richard's business to compete with his father and uh, in the end, screw his father over. He lays out a big proposal and Richard is starting to consider it. He really is yep. charmed with the idea of using it to screw over his old boss. At first, Emily is charmed with the idea of Richard taking on a younger partner because maybe Richard wouldn't have to work so much because he's been really, really busy. We see he's just as busy, if not busier, than he was with the last company. Yeah, and traveling a lot. Yeah. We already know she misses Richard while he's gone. When Richard reveals to her that Jason wants to do this specifically to screw over his father, Emily's no longer as amused with the whole thing. She thinks it's dirty business. So, yes. Whoo, I'm glad I don't have to read this next episode. We'll be right back after a quick break. Episode four, chicken or beef? And let's be honest, we gonna choose beef by the end of this. I was gonna say, we got some beef. <laughs> There's some big old beef. Back home in Stars Hollow, Rory has a very, very, very uncomfortable encounter with her ex, Dean, because they are getting ready to get married in Stars Hollow. And Dean is shocked that she's there. And oh my God, why are you even here? Because I live here, dingus. Like, what? Uh... So he ends up very awkwardly inviting Rory and Lorelai to his wedding, which is the next day. What the hell? Who does this? Who do I wanted to stab him with a pitchfork when he did this. Right? What did he expect when they were like, speak now or forever hold your peace? Did he expect Rory to come running up the aisle, pick him up, kiss him, and then run down the aisle with him? Like, what did he expect to happen? You want me to act this out for you? Okay. Oh, I ran over a dog. Okay, when I disappear behind that wall, say yeah. uh, say the whole, uh, does anyone you speak now or forever hold your peace? Say, hold on. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I object! I object! What's he do? Yoda, chance, saver! <laughs> Yoda wouldn't move. I think he was concerned because I was running. And he was like, what's going on? <laughs> that hurt my toes. <laughs> did, you, did you get a good I object? <laughs> I got a great one. Good. So proud of you. I'm not doing that again. Anyways, so later on, of course, Rory says yes, she'll come for some godforsaken reason. I don't think she knew what to say. Yeah. Like, how do you answer that? Later that night, Dean is having his bachelor party and he gets way too drunk. They stumble in, he and his crew stumble into Luke's diner where Dean starts going on about how he misses Rory. Luke intercepts this and sends the dudes home. He's like, I'm gonna get him some coffee. We'll sober him up and then I'll get him home. And so he just was whinging on about how he misses Rory and he loves Rory and Rory. And her hair Rory is so pretty because she got a haircut this episode. She has short hair. Short-haired Rory is better Rory, I will say. I like short-haired Rory. Uh, meanwhile, Lorelai and Suki end up visiting Michelle at his new workplace and it's very hip and trendy and everybody looks like an Amber Crombie and bitch model, which, you know, uh, Michelle was living his best life working there. He's got hair this season. It was bizarre seeing Michelle with hair. I told you. I told you that several episodes ago. 
I know, but it's just bizarre to see it in person. I hate the season where he wears hair. Of course, they hire him back on. He quits. They start having issues getting a permit from Taylor to build and remodel the inn. Because it's part of the historical society and the historical society has to sign off on all the things and that could take months. I don't know. I know why Taylor justifies doing this, but I don't know why he does this. Again, this is the reason he's such a pain in the ass. He doesn't want Lorelai to restore the inn and fix up a historical landmark that looks shitty to make it look better and make it an actual functional thing that pays taxes in the town. Yeah, it's not like she wanted to knock the whole thing down. She's restoring it. Come to find out, she has to, one, push to get it addressed that night. Two, once she gets there, he tries to avoid doing it, Mm -hmm. which is so dumb. Finally, he admits that the reason he's being like this is because he wants an ice cream truck to be parked outside, and he doesn't think Luke will go for it. Or he says Luke said no. Yeah, Luke won't go for this. Once Lorelai's like, that's it? Okay, I'll talk to Luke. Goes, talks to Luke. Luke's like, yeah, no, that's fine with me. I don't own the street. And so she's like, but Taylor said you said no. I never said no. He never asked. So it's just the most annoying bullshit out of Taylor. Out of Dosey. So annoying. And then at some point in the episode, Luke tells Rory don't go to the wedding because of what happened with Dean. I kind of thought it was funny because Rory's just walking through the town and she really, she and Laura like can't really decide if they should go or not. Luke is just running around the town square like a crazy person into all the yeah. different businesses looking for Lorelai because I'm pretty certain he was going to tell her the truth of you can't yeah. go because Dean is whacked out and Rory doesn't Still need to be there. Rory. Yeah. Even though he broke up with her. Yeah. So since he can't find Lorelai, he just tells Rory don't go to the wedding but doesn't give her any reasoning. But we see that Rory is in this kind of outside the town square and she watches it from afar anyway. Yeah, and is all heard about it. I don't think she knows what to feel. Yeah, she just sits there and like stomps the ground a little and shakes and then walks away. <laughs> like, it don't make no damn sense. It don't make no damn sense. Episode 5, The Fundamental Things Apply. We see as Rory is starting to settle into Yale life that she's going to different classes. There is a guy in one of her classes who asks her to go to this specific restaurant or something the following weekend with him. Rory passes because she has plans, I think, to go home. He just kind of, you know, accepts it and walks off. Well, she mentions to Lorelai that evening that she got asked out but didn't want to go. Lorelai says that she needs to start dating because that's how she knows what to say on dates if you don't get that practice in you just don't you know you don't have that practice mm-hmm. yeah rory tries to make a counter argument that lorelei also isn't a dater but we know that isn't true lorelei folds in of yeah you're right i do just go to relationship to relationship there was that one guy that the young guy from college that she went on that one date with mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with dating and then being in a relationship i mean i feel like she went on a few dates with max before they were in a relationship mm-hmm. i just didn't think the argument was valid that lorelei doesn't date i mean just because she doesn't go out with a new dude every night doesn't mean she's not dating in my opinion right Right, but they tried to say that she's not a good casual dater, but we also know that was the whole push of why she didn't feel at the very beginning of the relationship with Max was she doesn't bring men into the house. To protect her daughter. Right. So we know there's got to- You're telling me Lorelai Gilmore didn't date at all? Ever. She just nunned up between Christopher and Max? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't know. It's a weird point to make. But also, if you're dating, odds are you're looking for a relationship, typically. 
exactly. Like, unless you're just trying to keep things casual, but then why are you dating and not just friends with benefits in it? Like, I don't... There's so many questions I got. Relationships seemed a lot harder in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. In the early 2000s, I was a child. But uh, yeah, I just didn't think the argument went both ways. But I fully 100% agree with Lorelai that Rory needs to get out there, meet some guys. Dating is a good way to figure out what you like. Yes. And it isn't for everybody, you know. I feel like I'm spo- I'm supposed to be stepping carefully here because you've only been with Tanner. But you know, I'm not saying this at you. I just feel like dating yeah. is a good way to learn about yourself as well as other people. Yeah. You, you find out what you like like what you can put up with what you will not put up with men showing up with flip-flops <laughs> but the thing of it is is that if you're dating someone and let's say they check the boxes of you like everything about them they like everything about you you're probably gonna end up in a relationship yeah. until something goes south or mm-hmm. tits up and so i don't see the difference i don't understand yeah all that to say that rory decides to take lorelei's advice and following a week after class she approaches this boy again was his name trevor or something yeah like travis or trevor or um, she something. approaches him again and says the thing about talking about books is that a good book makes me really hungry like right now i'm starving mm-hmm. and i I will probably be hungry again this weekend. He finally gets the hint that she's trying to get him to ask her out again so she can accept this time, which he does. We see that Paris and the athletic roommate, whose name escapes me right now, are in a uh, war of wills, if you will, <laughs> because the athletic one, because she is there on a scholarship, she's trying to stay fit and keep up with her exercise regimen. So she wakes up at 530 and does a lot of heavy breathing in the living room before she goes out for a jog. And Paris is tired of waking up, being woken up up that early by this roommate so they just start a lot of petty bickering back and forth turning off rory's alarm right and just to screw her over don't know what that had to do with anything yeah uh, so yeah actually that's a good point paris turns off rory's alarm and rory wakes up to paris and this other roommate fighting again realizes mm-hmm. that breakfast is going to be closed in five minutes so she takes off for the cafeteria in her pajamas and a robe, actually ends up running into Marty, which we didn't even mention Marty earlier. One of the first nights of Yale, she meets Marty. (laughs) She meets him because she goes out into the hallway and he is asleep on the floor, completely naked. He introduces himself as Marty, but he says, you're probably just going to remember me as naked guy. Now, I have gone on the record of saying I really like Marty. We'll see how he ranks Mm -hmm. at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. But I really like Marty at the time and... Um, not this stint, but I think in the next stint, the two of them will actually strike up a friendship. I adore Marty until, again, until things go south. Like you just said about dating. You like people until something comes out. So we find out that Marty's been avoiding her because he's been so embarrassed because he met her while he was completely nude and she lends him a rope so he can go up to his dorm and (laughs) he uh, sees her in her pajamas and realizes that this is his opportunity to level the playing field because surely this is just as embarrassing as being woken up nude. No, actually, it's not. It's not. I can't tell you the number of times I went to the cafeteria in my pajamas in college. I lived there and I would go to my kitchen in my pajamas. So what does it matter? Yeah, who cares? Maybe that means Marty sleeps in the nude. Maybe. So before Rory goes on this first date with this insert name here, maybe Trevor, we find out that there is a roommate meeting where Paris and this other roommate are airing their grievances and trying to come up with compromises. Well, really, Paris is leading this meeting. Let's be real here. But Rory leaves the meeting to go on the date and the date is atrocious. She doesn't know what to say to him. He keeps saying things but she's so concerned of what do I say next that she's not even taking in the information he's giving her. I don't know why this boy did this. He sits on the same side of the table as her, so she's just craned her neck looking at him the whole night. So weird. Oh, I tell you, I've been married for 
just over a year now, and I still hate when my husband sits on the same side as the table as me. I don't mind if Tanner does it if we're like in a booth, because I like to like snuggle up next to him sometimes, <laughs> or like lean my head on his shoulder, whatever. We don't have to be looking at each other, but it's also not a first date. Like we've eaten together probably nine bajillion times yeah. at this point. But at some point, he gets up and goes to the restroom. Rory puts in an, a, what I'm going to call an emergency call to Lorelai, and Lorelai doesn't initially answer because she is having traditional Gilmore movie night with Luke. Yes! Be still my heart. Casablanca. Because he reveals that he's never seen a bunch of these movies that she holds as classics. But as soon as Rory's voice comes over the answering machine, she gets up, answers the phone, and Rory just unloads about how awful the date is going and is just panicking. Lorelai gives her some advice, gets off the phone with her. She sits back down and Luke says, bad date or whatever, and Lorelai kind of fills him in. She's like, yeah, the boy's even sitting on the same, same side of the table as her. She doesn't know what to talk about. And Luke says, oh. Just tell her to claim a draft and, you know, she can move over to the other side of the table. So she okay. calls Rory back real quick and says, just say there's a draft, move to the other side of the table. You know, Luke thought of this as a genius. And so she tells Lorelai to thank Luke for her. She gets off the phone. Lorelai and Luke carry out movie night. At the end of the night, Rory shows up because the date was so bad that she decided just to go home to Stars Hollow. And we see Luke is asleep on the couch and the Gilmores have a cute moment of like looking over him and they say he looks comfortable here. And I just melted. Rory reveals... Rory reveals that she pulled the draft trick so she moves over but when he came back from the bathroom he also claimed he felt this imaginary draft and so he also followed her to the other side of the table just packing in how bad this date was. Lorelai tells her that dating is still important and in fact on the next date if she can't think of something to talk about she can talk about how bad this date was and she could just keep repeating that till she finds a good date next year with Logan. Um, also in this episode since she's since Lorelai got the clearance to do renovations on the Dragonfly Inn she and Suki go through a different number of designers. They find one, they hire her and loves her. She loves her taste. She loves her ideas. Within their first meeting after she gets hired, this designer drops, oh yeah, I did this exact wallpaper in Emily's upstairs bathroom. Mm-hmm. And Laura like, I'm sorry, Emily? She's like, yeah, your mother, Emily Gilmore. Just immediately starts putting some kinks into Lorelai's brain. She doesn't want to work with someone who worked for Emily. She doesn't want Emily to know that they're having money issues because opening it in is a is crazy expensive, especially when you're having to do all this construction. Also, in this episode, Emily gets upset because she finds out that Suki is very pregnant and Lorelai never mentioned it. So Lorelai starts to suspect that this designer is, quote, slipping information to Emily. We don't get that confirmed or denied. Of course, the designer says, of course, I'm not. But I don't know. I think Suki also says, well, we don't know that the designer said something, which almost made me suspect Suki said something. I think it may have come out at some point that Suki did say something, but I don't think that I genuinely don't think the designer was saying anything to Emily because she completely cuts ties with Emily once she knows it's an issue. So I wonder if, say, perhaps Suki mailed out baby shower invitations. Possibly. And that's how Emily found out. It didn't stick out to me whether or not they did come to that conclusion. Well, sometime in this stint, I'll just go ahead and say here while we're talking about the designer. After Emily mentions to Lorelai that she finds out that Suki is pregnant, Lorelai confronts the designer. She just tells her, look, I'm not really comfortable with you knowing Emily, so you either work for me or you work for Emily. She didn't say it that harshly, but for yeah. sake of conversation, she did. And she, the designer says, look, I love ends. This is my dream. This is what I like working on. Don't worry, I haven't worked or even talked to Emily for over a year. What is said between us stays between us. But later, Emily puts in a call to Lorelai and says, well, I heard that you swore her to secrecy and she's not allowed to work for me because she works for you. Kind of takes what Lorelai said out of context, but at the same time, not really. It is a little blown out of proportion, but... 
Emily's right now just blowing everything out of proportion. Yeah, that's where we're at with Emily's story. Lorelai tells Emily, fine, you can have her. I'm firing her. Don't worry. Don't even worry about it. And so we find out that Lorelai lets that designer go. So episode six, an affair to remember. This is the freaking episode where Rory and her stupid ass tree. Oh my God. Emily ends up offering Lorelai and Suki a catering job. Well, more or less, she offers Suki a catering job, and then Suki gets the honor of telling Lorelai about it. She and Lorelai tie into it because, of course, they do. Because, like I mentioned five seconds ago, Emily is blowing everything out of proportion. They tie into it. Lorelai finally says, I want you to treat us like any other catering service. Don't give us any special treatment because I'm your daughter. So she demands a tasting be set up at the Gilmore house. She wants to review everything. Mm-hmm. Suki and Lorelai set up a tasting. Everything goes splendidly, even though Emily is making little digs at Lorelai about how Suki shouldn't be walking back and forth to the kitchen while pregnant, and yet you're hiring her to make hundreds of bowls of food? Okay. Thousands of broccoli tarts? Yes. And it's basically just running Lorelai ragged with this needs to be eggshell, and this needs to be off-white, and this needs to have gold rims, and this linen needs to be linen and not Something else. You know what I'm saying. Oh my god, hold on. <coughs> See, you're also allergic to Emily's bullshit. Yes. Yes, I am. Bless you, by the way. Thanks. Digger comes in after this tasting goes splendidly earlier that <gasps> day. And Emily and Richard are talking about it. And Emily's so excited about this party. It's her thing. She's so hype. And then Digger says, oh, we're not doing that. That's stuffy. We're going to Atlantic City and get drunk, do cocaine and bang hookers. And Richard falls for this and says, yeah, let's not be stuffy like everybody else. Let's go and have fun in Atlantic City. Let's be modern. And Emily is devastated. Oh, Just devastated. But she goes along with it because it's what Richard wants. But this leaves her having to break the news to Lorelai. She shows up at Lorelai's house unannounced. And Lorelai probably thinks someone's dead. Goes in to sit in the living room. And Emily says, we're no longer needing your services. I will pay you for whatever you spent. We're not having the party. Just breaks down how it's my thing. And he took the thing. And But that's okay because it's my husband. And I want him to be happy. Yeah, I'd like to point out that when Lorelai <laughs> lets Emily in to the house, she walks ahead of her. Emily says, the back of your pants say juicy. <laughs> Lorelai said something about it. If I had known you were coming over, I would have worn my bra that said tasty or something, right? I think Emily made that crap. This spurs Lorelai to decide she's going to have a conversation with Digger. Because she's done. Only she can hurt her mother. No one else can hurt her mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> and she busts into his office and she calls him Digger. And he's like, no one's called me that in forever. I don't like it when people call me Digger. Immediately calls her umlauts. Like, what does that even mean? It's because he pushed them into the lake and she came out. And he could see her nipples through her shirt. So he's been calling her umlauts. Those are the two dots over like O's and U's and like the German spellings. Ah. That's why she got so upset. She's like, I cannot believe you called me umlauts after all this time. Yeah, he's like, well, you called me Digger within the first five minutes three times. I, I, get, okay. I get at least one. All right, sure, whatever. Yeah, I think he explains and the umlauts thing once they start dating. She says that this is stupid. 
and you've hurt my mother and you've taken away her thing. What if someone had taken away your mom's thing? Imagine how she would feel about this. He explains that he's already booked everything and so the party just cannot happen at this point. But unfortunately, this will not be the last we see of Digger. Because he asks her out to dinner. Exactly. It's unfortunate. At first she says there's absolutely no way she could go to dinner with him. And he kind of uh, reverse psychologies her. Of mm. you can't go to dinner with me because your mother would hate it. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, she goes, you're right. My mother would hate it. Yeah, that's where that is sitting at the moment. And then the rest of the episode was just Rory not being able to study because of Paris and the athletic roommate and Tana listened to the TV too loud. And so she finds this tree and this is her tree. And she's so in love with this tree because she can study under this tree. And then she goes the next day and there's a dude sitting under the tree reading a magazine. The dumb bitch can't sit on the other side of the freaking tree. It's a big ass tree. He's not tree. sitting there reading aloud his motorcycle magazine. She begs the man to move from the tree. He says, well, I was here first. So like, no, move on with your life. Then later in the episode, she finally comes back and offers the dude 20 bucks to move from out from under her tree. So she can study. Yeah, I have a note about shut the hell up over a damn tree. Right? Like, sit on the other side of the freaking tree. If he was talking to himself or reading aloud or listening to music, I'd understand. But he's sitting there silently reading a damn magazine. Also, let's talk about the fact that it's a tree. There's branches. She could climb up in this thing if she wanted. Oh my god. Okay, let's not get crazy. You think Rory Gilmore can climb a tree? She has to pay someone to move out from under a tree. She grew up as a single child. She probably knows how to climb a tree. Plus, how do you think she got up to Lane's window all those times? <gasps> and Dean. And she can climb a damn tree. That's true. <laughs> it was just so dumb. So, so, so dumb. Also in this episode, we get our first introduction to Lulu. Woo -woo! Because Kirk's trying to figure out how to take her on a date. And Lorelai tells him, just take her somewhere that you're comfortable and it'll be great. It'll be fine. And so he decides he's going to take her to Luke's and he goes in and he's scoping the place out and he wants to reserve a table. And Luke is like, what are you on? He says, Lorelai said to go somewhere comfortable and I'm comfortable here. Now, can I have champagne at that table? You bring your own champagne, Kirk. Okay, deal. He goes above and beyond. He's even role playing. <laughs> Going on this date and recording himself on camera <laughs> to watch it back. And Lorelai and Luke are sitting there staring at him like he's lost his gosh dang mind because, I mean, it's Kirk. Yeah, he has. I loved it. I was so charmed because you know this is what would have happened. I don't know. Maybe this wouldn't. Because you have to imagine, he asked Lorelai on a date. Would he have done the same thing? Would he have practiced the date? Maybe, but he's been crushing on Lulu for a long time because his brother dated Lulu. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And she's coming back to town. So anyways... They go on the date at Luke's. It's wonderful. It's great. And I mean, they're going to be lovebirds. There's this really great, perfectly written, even more perfectly executed. I just want to say cinematic masterpiece moment that happens in this episode within oh. the date. Yes. You see Luke and the camera's behind the counter and you see Luke emptying or refilling a coffee pot and then the camera pulls out just a smidge and you see as Luke about shits a brick because Kirk is standing right behind him and he didn't hear <laughs> Kirk come up behind him at all. He's like, Kirk, get out from out behind the counter. And he's like, listen, Luke, I need you to look over my shoulder and tell me if the beautiful young girl is still at my table. Luke looks over and of course Lulu is still there, but Lulu isn't looking over at the counter because she's too perfect for Kirk. So she's looking ahead or enjoying her food. Kirk says, normally when I go on 
dates or something. He's like, I go to the restroom and I come back and my date is always left. I have excused yeah. myself from this table three different times to go to the restroom and I didn't even need to go. And she is still here every time. Yeah. And Luke goes... I think that means she likes you. And Kirk immediately starts throwing hands and slapping him, going, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Poor Kirk. And Luke's like, I don't get it either, but you need to get back over to your date. I don't understand why she likes you, but you need to go before you actually do screw this up. But also at the beginning of the episode, when Kirk is scoping out Luke's, trying to figure out what the best table is and what the best thing there is to order, he interrupts a couple who are eating and uh, asks what the woman is eating. She says meatloaf, and he asks if it's uh, bringing up any spicy feelings in her. Luke loses. He yeah, he slams his head down on the counter and just screams, "Kirk!" I watched that a couple times, and you know, shoes Kirk out of the <laughs> diner. Luke was ten out of ten this episode. Oh, Luke and Kirk, man, Luke and Kirk, everybody. I love those two episodes. Seven, the festival of living art i'm so excited i totally forgot about this episode and it's a great episode i'm so excited i get to read it because as i already told you and one of my two notes for this episode is this is one of my very very favorites of the entire series huh when i think gilmore girls this is one of my top five episodes if not top three gotcha. episodes. I don't know how I forgot about it. I love the Festival of Living Art. I just think it's such a perfect encapsulation of what Stars Hollow is. Mm -hmm. Of course, this kooky-ass festival happens in this town. Yeah. But it wasn't supposed to happen in this town. I know. And that makes it even more Stars Hollow-y that it did happen this way. That's true. Suki and Jackson have decided that they are going to have a home birth, which... Immediately grosses oh. Lorelai out. Sam. And uh, in this, they have enlisted the services of this very, I'm going to say stern midwife. They call her Bruce. I like to call her Helga. Because that's her last name. Bruce is very strict in how Suki needs to be laying on the couch to get ready for positioning for labor. We also find out that Jackson's brother, Bo, who is played by Nick Offerman, young Nick Offerman, is in town because he's supposed to be there for the birth. But Suki was, I don't want to say technically already supposed to have, but she's passed when they thought the baby was coming. And Bo, throughout the whole episode, is just kind of griping because he's missing work. He's missing pay. It's costing him to keep moving his plane ticket back and back and back because he's having to wait for this baby just like everybody else is. This is not the last we see of Bo. He comes back in a few seasons, but I, I sincerely, sincerely love Bo. Really? I did not remember him. I also have a very sweet spot for Nick Offerman. Okay. I, anything yeah. Nick Offerman is in or voices, yeah. I will watch. So He is good. He is good, I'll admit. Um, very, he almost iconic, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's just got that vibe. Yeah. So as we mentioned at the top, Dave has left. Dave has gone to college in California. Zach and Brian take this as a personal offense that he left them to pursue education. God forbid. So Lane, Zach, and Brian are still continuing the band, but they have put out an ad to find a new guitarist. They start auditioning different people. Kind of over here as auditions are happening in Lorelai's garage that all the people that they are seeing suck. Mm -hmm. Lane schedules one more guitarist to come in the next day and says that he sounded awesome on tape. He was nice on the phone. Everything checks out about him as far as she can tell. And when he shows up, he is leaps and bounds older than the rest of them because they are, you know, let's say 18, 19, early 20s because I really don't know how old Zach and Brian are. Yeah. It's not clear. They're probably a couple years older than Lane. This guy shows up and he's, what, in his mid-40s, mm -hmm. if not 50. Yeah, yeah, he's older, yeah. definitely, for sure. And he totally rocks. He just 
crushes this audition. Lane's not too scared off by the age difference, but Zach and Brian are totally creeped out. Gil is this guy's name. Gil realizes when he walks in that these these kids probably aren't going to be comfortable with the age difference, but he goes through with this audition Mm -hmm. and uh, we find out that he also owns a sandwich shop. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, free snacks, dude. Right? You bring sandwiches to band practice. Anyway. The the age gap thing, I will just say really quick. It would be weird if they were still in high school. Yeah, they're grown. If they were a high school band. They're in college. And this band is obviously an amazing musician. They could learn a lot from this guy. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And he could probably buy them beer. Not probably he could, but, you know. He I definitely don't, could. I know he could. I don't know if he would. Zach reminds everybody that... It's a unanimous decision to bring anyone new in. And if one of them votes no, they can't bring him in. So Zach immediately pulls in his no. He does not want Gil in the band because he's too old. He's worried he's going to break a hip. He isn't that well, he's, old. He's better than Zach. Yeah, he's leaps and bounds. Later, Lane ends up seeing Gil at the festival, which we will get into. And she sees that he's got a wife and children. You know, he tells her that he already knows that they don't want to go with him because of the age difference. He appreciates their time anyway, but he's not going to let this stop him because he's had his shot at uh, making it before and I can't remember all the details, but something happened and they couldn't go on with the tour. That was supposed to be their big break. Once he mentions all these places he's already played and what he's done, Lane is really impressed. Plus she, you know, she has a big heart and she doesn't, she can't stomach rejecting him with his wife and children six feet away. So she says, actually, I was going to call you in the morning. You're in. So we'll see how that plays out in the next stint that she let him in the band without Zach and Brian's approval. The big meat and potatoes of this episode, the namesake, the Festival of Living Art. It is the gigantic festival of living pictures. Taylor announces to the town during a town meeting that even though the festival was supposed to be hosted in Woodbury this year, there was a flooding incident and now they can't host the festival. And apparently this thing travels throughout Connecticut, even though their town's people, like each town has to put it on with their people. But the props get rotated throughout the state. So Woodbury can't host it this year, so... Taylor stepped in and volunteered Stars Hollow. It was approved. Because he's got a beef with Woodbury's Dosey, yeah. basically. And he wants to show off. The whole town is excited that it's coming back. Apparently the last time they did this seven years ago, it was a big hit. And people mm-hmm. just loved being a part of it. We see as people are coming into Patty's studio the next day to find out what their roles are. That before, as Kirk is approaching the board, Patty kind of whispers to Laura like he's going to love his role. And mm-hmm. we find out that Kirk... <laughs> Kirk is Jesus in the Last Supper, and he goes above and beyond. Yo, where are my disciples at? Yeah, really (laughs) uh, embodying what he thinks Christ was. We find out that the table for the Last Supper isn't 100% there, and Taylor thinks, of course, the Woodbury version of him did this on purpose to not send the whole thing over to screw him over, and... uh, Luke is watching from outside of his diner as everyone's unloading all these props and things. And Lorelai walks over to him. He says, I'm not fixing this table. I'm not building a new table. It'd be really hard with the proportions and because it's got to be tilted and at an angle. And But we find out at the end, Luke totally built them a new table. Because <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. We find out that the town troubadour gets cast as Judas. And it just really feeds into Kirk's frenzy that he's Jesus. And the two of them start fighting by the end of the episode, actually throwing fists at the end of the episode, Mm -hmm. right before they have to go on stage. Because the troubadour said that it was Kirk's car that was parked not correctly. Yeah. And Kirk straight up says, you Judas. Oh yeah, because Patty's looking for the car, or Mm -hmm. the owner of the car. 
they make plans to go to a Shakey's without the troubadour. The troubadour finds out. And it's just the whole, in, in the whole spiel of things, none of this matters to Gilmore Girls. But it's just such a good glimpse of to, of what this town is, who these other players mm-hmm. are. And just what Lorelai and Rory get to experience being in this town. Yeah. It's more about the town than it is them. Yeah. Apparently each town recycles the same pieces, but they get to put in one new piece. And Rory's going to be the the person in the new piece. She gets to wear a fake ferret or a fake otter. Lorelai doesn't, get origi- doesn't originally get cast in the same painting that she was before. They were just going to stick her in costumes because apparently when the curtain opened to reveal her, she flinched and she flinched so hard that she nearly knocked over her partner. Rory takes it upon herself that she's going to bargain for this, that if they want her to be this specific piece, that they're going to have to cast Lorelai in her painting. Mm-hmm. So you see as Rory goes on, she nails it as perfect. And then we see as Lorelai goes on. And just as they're opening the curtain and she's really standing strong to not flinch, her pager goes off. Her baby pager. Yeah, Jackson set her up with a little pager, a little beeper to go off when Suki goes into labor. And of course... While she's standing there, the whole town's looking at her and Taylor is staring daggers into her is when her little beeper goes off. It's kind of how the episode closes is we see that the festival went off without a hitch besides Lorelai's beeper. And as all the final curtains have closed, everyone's kind of gathering in. You see as Lorelai and Rory haul it across the street to run over to Suki's for the birth. Yes, and that's where we end. And I wanted to read this note here. This episode won the show's only Emmy Award. That's so crazy to me. They won for Outstanding Makeup for a Series, non-prosthetic. Which, yeah, this show, like we've been saying, is so highly regarded. People love the writing. People love the characters. I hear of people who watch this show all the way through on a yearly basis. Yeah, it obviously didn't do well with actual awards, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's very sad, but I mean, I can't say it's out of the ordinary. I'm glad that they did win makeup for this because I was taken aback at how well the makeup was done in this. Yeah, so like we mentioned, Kirk and the rest of these guys are in The Last Supper and all of these paint, I mean, they are exact replicas of these, you know, very famous. The shading, the colors, everything. It's very beautiful. And Andrew was turned into a statue in the gazebo. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, they went above and beyond and... Like I said at the top of this, I really love this episode. Yes. I just remembered a joke. So in this episode, in episode seven, as Taylor is announcing to the town that he managed to swing for them to host the festival again, uh-huh. Patty, who is sitting off or on the stage but next to him, she goes, wow, Taylor, you finally did something right. <laughs> and as he shoots her a look, she goes, oh, your your beard is so sexy. And like, he's trying to cover her tracks and Laura like keeps calling him sexy beard throughout the episode. <laughs> That was pretty good. Back. But yeah, I, I think it's really strong. This might be my favorite stunt so far. Yeah. Don't worry, uh, listeners. I heard how much in the last, uh, not last week's episode, but the episode before, I heard how much I said I couldn't wait for season four. And that doesn't count how many times it got cut out. So I'm just glad we're here. We're in the thick of it. Uh, I'm excited. This filler still feels like it holds substance. Yeah. But the only thing is with Dosi, I'm freaking sick of it. I'm freaking sick of it. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? It's Taylor Dosey. I guess if you liked what you heard, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BitchWatchPod. You can follow me at Bean.ButtRado on Instagram, Twitter, 
and TikTok. If you're going to find me on Twitter, drop the dot. And I am on Instagram at witsy12, W-H-I-T-Z-Y-12, and Twitter at E-C underscore witsy. And yeah, if you like what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. So remember to make good choices. Or don't, and be smart about it. Bye! Bye. Two bitches, yeah, two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch.